Welcome to New Human Living Radio Show, bringing you powerful interviews to awaken the power in you. Learn more at newhumanliving.com. And now your host, Les Jensen. So uh, if I were to ask you, uh, what, what was the family dynamic of the household you grew up in? I mean, would you say it was difficult and the day you could get out of there, you did? Or uh, was it all um, peace and love and joy and uh, perhaps the other end of the spectrum? Or perhaps even to think about your own life, you yourself. Is there something that you long for, you're trying to accomplish? Perhaps you're on your spiritual journey and you're looking to find the promised land. I am so excited for this this show tonight. And... um, The topic tonight is the new human family, and we have a family with us, the Reckla family. Tonya, Justin, and Neva is going to join us here in just a minute, and all four of us are going to talk about the new human family. But I want want to I want to go back to that. What about you? I want to talk to you, the listener. How was your family dynamic growing up? If you were to give that a think, would you, would you, well, let's, let's even just daydream a little, little uh, wider. If you could have chosen a different family dynamic to be born into, would you have chosen that? Had you had your 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 today ego be able to make that mind up would you have preferred a different family dynamic for myself i have just in the last uh, you know really just in the last 6 months i've been on the planet 6 plus decades and in the last few months my relationship with my family of origin has totally got turned on its head. And I hold it as one of the most valuable aspects of my life now. I've shared several times. uh, I had a, my father was a World War II vet that fought in uh, horrific many major battles in the Pacific. And um, I didn't know he fought in all the major battles. I didn't know he was a sergeant. I didn't know he was responsible for a hundred men. No, I'm sorry, a thousand men that went through his care and less than a hundred made it home. And I, that's information I've just learned in the past uh, six months or so. And I sit and I think about my father, this farm boy kid with a big-ass smile on his face, thrown into the brutality of war. The compassion of his heart would want to make sure every kid that walked up to him would go home alive and reality would dictate otherwise. 
my dad was the tempest. He he cut you in half with his eyeballs. He was so intense. He was a foundry for sure, and it was in that that molten tempest. He had such an incredible amount of anger because I believe of what he was forced to do that I now look back in reflection just recently and I see um, an extraordinary man, an extraordinary soul, and I have such deep compassion for him. I have a thousand hugs waiting for him. And I I really dedicate my life to to be the be the vehicle of of what he desired in his heart, uh, not not what he could sh- show through his ego, but what he desired in his heart for his his boys and girls and his wife and his family, and. And in hindsight, I can see that, um, oh, my God, I had a really powerful, powerful and very deeply scarred man as my father. And I wouldn't choose I wouldn't choose it any other way in hindsight. I'd take the exact same path, but I would hug my my mother and my father every day along the journey. Speaking of journeys, here we are now. <laughs> Let's get to this. We're going to have some fun tonight. Again, the topic is the new human family and our guests, plural, tonight. This is a new human living first in the 12 years we've been doing this. We're having all three family members on the show tonight. Tonya, Justin, and, and Neva Rekla will be our guests tonight. In 2011, Justin and Tonya Don, both former counterintelligence special agents, took the business world by storm, and they brought their daughter with them. When she was two, Neva asked for her own business cards, and business hasn't been the same since, I bet. (laughs) From the best-selling success of Neva's book, When Pigs Fly, The Parent's Guide to Inspiring Your Young Entrepreneur to the Miraculous Influence of the Superpower Network, the number one podcast network for inspired personal development with over 25 million downloads in 2020, the Reckless live a life few dream possible. And now through the Reclamation show on the Superpower Network, the Reckless continue to challenge the outer limits of reality. I love to hang out there as the first family of inspired personal development. What perfect guest for our show. You can learn more about them at superpowerexperts.com. And let's get to it. I'm going to introduce them one at a time. Let's start with Neva. Neva, I want to welcome you to the show tonight. Welcome. Hello. Thank you so much. I'm really excited to have this conversation. You are 
so awesome to talk to because I had you on my show and we had a really powerful conversation there and I'm really excited to see what today unfolds. Me too. I think if we all untether our tongues and dream a big dream, this could go places. And I'm going to introduce your mother now. Welcome to the show, Tonya. It's so nice to have you on the show again. Oh, well, thank you so much for having me back here, and it's delightful to be in your presence again, sir. The pleasure is mine. And last but not least, Justin, I want to welcome you to the show as well. Thanks for, uh, thanks for having us, Les. This, uh, this is going to be a fun conversation. Well, it's a curious thing that... Um, None of us had an ego the day we were born. I mean, fresh out of the gate, so to speak. Um, We didn't have an ego. We didn't have a thinker, and we didn't have a a sense of self, so to speak. And the family dynamic, the family uh, crucible, so to speak, is where we're taught how to think, We're taught what symbols mean, and perhaps as the most powerful, the value of symbols. We're literally the product of our our family dynamic. And tonight we're going to be talking about the the new human family, the new human dynamic. And I love that topic, as you might have guessed, with the new human living show. Um, let's let's start off with the, the notion of what is it about a family that brings um, powerful opportunities to the family members? And Tonya, I'm going to start with you. Brilliant question. I, I love this because it serves as the foundation for a lot of the principles that we implemented into our organization, what what we find in the family unit is it's a phenomenal place to practice collaboration. Um, If you're you're into the transformational work and that journey, the reflections that can be had here um, are pretty pretty powerful because you're you're at your most vulnerable, right? Uh, These are the people who they know your dirty underbelly. Like, they get it. Like, they're (laughs) in it when you're fallible. Like, they see all of it. And it's and so when we allow for a really um, respectful and trusting space to, to develop between us, it, it actually creates the opportunities for some pretty advanced transformation. Um, we've been able to see dynamics at work like, like the evolution that, that's possible as parents when we allow our children to guide us and help us reimagine our initiation into the world in new ways in accordance with where the world's at now, where we're at now. I believe that at its heart, those dynamics are present between the parent and child to do exactly that. But we, but we are programmed, as, as most societies, to view it as the opposite, right? It's the parent's job to guide and lead. And while there are certain dynamics about the world that can be imparted, right, the, the child comes here and has no idea how the world functions, but has a lot right. of awareness of how everything else functions. And when we can take, like, what the parent brings, which is years in this world, and, and combine it with what the child brings, which is that pure connection into 
source and, and new eyes about what's coming forward next, combine those. It's a really powerful combination. Well, I like I like what you said about um, um, the child not knowing how the world works. I um, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but it made me think of the saying that um, the expert, the expert, can you feel the starch in my shirt when I say that? The expert said it was impossible, but the idiot didn't know any better and did it anyway. The, uh, <laughs> the, um, I, I think our kids can be a kind of a clean slate as far as a fresh perspective. Mm-hmm. So, so let's lay some of the groundwork of, of your family dynamics. So Justin, I'd, I'd ask you the question, what are uh, some of the key elements of your family that you consider uh, ex- exceptional attributes to your, your dynamic? Um, the, the biggest one that stands out is just the, the constant unconditional love that that we we all hold for one another and and, and practice uh, on on a daily basis in all things and in the smallest of hiccups and the, to to the deepest fear storms we we hold that space with each other and, and Tonya's Tonya's amazing at that and she's I would say that she's the source of that in our family we actually we actually call her her one of her nicknames is is source um nice. and that 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 in in and of itself is is the the one thing that we make sure we come back to at all things we 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 have standing agreements that we 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 don't go to bed angry we we don't let anything go unresolved we 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 stand in the fire to work through it because we put our our relationships first the relationship containers that we share and there's there's three of us that means that there's there's seven relationship entities that we're having to manage amongst just the three of us it's not just the three of us it's Tony and I in our container, Tony and Neva in her container, Neva and I in our container, us as a family, and then you throw God into the mix, and that's how we do it, is, is that we, we, we keep it in the appropriate containers, and that unconditional love is the, is the, the thing that we, we, we've agreed to do and reflect and recognize that if one of us is reflecting back something to the others, that you know, and oftentimes dad needs more of a nudge than, than the other two, um, that, that we hold each other accountable to that and remind each other that that's, that's what we agreed to do. Very nice. Well, Neva, do you notice um, a difference in your family dynamic compared to perhaps your friend's family dynamic? I mean, for sure, I think that one thing we're all really good at is the staying in connection piece. I think sometimes with everything that happens in the world and in our individual lives, it can be difficult to prioritize, like that was just talking about, the family container. And I think that we're all really good at, like, making that a priority and putting love first all the time, and if somebody doesn't put love first all the time, catching them on it. 
Nice, holding holding them accountable for that. Well, um, my next question, and you two will have to figure it out, is to Tonya and Justin. Do you do you see a common um, um, struggle, perhaps, or lesson, perhaps, uh, when you look at your individual family dynamics? Like in the opening, I shared my that my father had uh, immense anger, and that anger was uh, a core lesson of my family dynamic. Do you two notice uh, commonalities between your families of origin? You mean ones that we brought forward? Oh, goodness, yes. Like, Neva's very (laughs) cognizant of breaking cycles. Like, we talk about it all the time. It's like, oops, stop, that was, you know, our parents. And we both had amazing parents. Both of our parents are still together in their relationships. Amazing, loving environment. And as we spoke to, there's an evolution, right? We we know more things now. We understand differently now. We are different now. And so so we're aware that there are some programs that, that we have that weren't helpful, right? So a very minor example is um, growing up, I was raised with a, a very limited palate when it came to food, right? And different real beliefs and feelings about stuff around certain types of foods and diversities and spices, right? I, I mean, you're talking like Midwest, you know, um, meat and potatoes. And so when Neva came along, that's what I looked at Justin and I said, okay, you're responsible for her palate because I knew that there I had psychological hiccups that were going to be challenging for me to overcome and not pass on to her. And so I backed out completely and said, and you know, and when Justin's like, oh, here, try this. I'm going, mm, yes, yummy. And, you know, Neva was young and didn't notice that mom wasn't eating it, you know, but, <laughs> but it worked because it programmed her with a real broad palate to where, you know, I think the only thing she doesn't like now is uh, okra. Um, so, so that's just kind of a funny example of when you're in awareness and, and holding this in a particular way, you can see those things. Yeah, it's catching our programming throughout. I mean, you know, we, you know, like Tony mentioned, like we'll find, I'll, I'll just speak for myself, I'll, you know, I'll find myself saying something to Teneva that comes out from a, a reaction or a, a program response, and I go, wait, stop. I, I don't believe that at all. Erase it. That, that was an old story that's not mine. That, that's, that, that came from my parents' parenting, and they did a phenomenal job. And like you said, I, I wouldn't change a thing about it because it allowed me to fine-tune myself. So the responsibility that, that we have as parents is to, is to not pass on that programming because we, we, we've done our own work, we've done our journey, we, we have our own awareness of things. And so we can pass on the lessons to Neva from a much higher vantage point than the vantage points that, that our parents had. And I think that's just the natural evolution of things. We just have to have the courage to, to say no and come into awareness of what that programming is and asking why is that programming that we have carried forward. And Tony and I have a lot of shared similarities in, in, our, in our backgrounds growing up and in our, our family dynamics and so forth. And so um, the, 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 the programs were strong as they came out. We, we, we stayed in awareness of it, and we slipped every now and then. And, and, and you know, typically at this point, I mean, uh, at this point, Neva's got her enough awareness of herself to where she 
typically calls us out on it and says, is, is that true? Right? She, he, she holds us accountable to it because she knows something bigger. She knows something more because she's got her own perspective and her own awareness of things. Very nice. I like that. Tonya, you talked about cuisine. I passed a restaurant today whose title was Asian Cajun. <laughs> and my head exploded. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> You're like, what? Does not compute. <laughs> hey, so, Liz, I want to throw in here something about your um, the episode you did on Neva's show. Um, I know you, you spoke a little bit about the story with your dad, and I, I, I want to bring back, you know, and it's in alignment with this question, is, is that you did such a beautiful job of explaining that because of that journey and that awareness and what that did for your, your self-awareness, the ability that you have to now sit in spaces with people to process through that, it, I, just, I just wanted to drop that here. Like, it was just remarkable, but the connection that you made, it was, you, you know, in your, in, your, in your less way, it was profound and, and very succinct and sort of marveling at, at your own self-discovery and the brilliance of it. And, and it was brilliant. And so I, I highly recommend that people listen to that episode. Um, you can go find it on Leave it to Neva. But, but that's from my heart to yours. I, was, I thoroughly enjoyed that episode. And I think you, the two of you in that container were able to really illustrate that when we, it's easy to judge, right? It's easy to, to, to get irritated at the, the minor things. But what you said there was so powerful about if we allow the journey with our families to grow us and forge us, we will emerge on the other side as something really valuable to spirit, to others, to, to whatever, whoever comes into your path to be able to then shine something differently, um, and and it, I just that was really well done. So thank you for for contributing that to the network and for doing that work internally, so you can be that for other people. And, and as as a woman, I'm very grateful because there's a there's I think that there's a lot moving in the masculine right now. And knowing that you and Justin are both a part of that conversation gives gives all of us hope. So thank you for for <laughs> for, for that reflection. Well, thank you for those kind words. I appreciate it. Well, now, um, a calm sea never made a skilled sailor, and here we, here we are on planet Earth and talk about a karmic tsunami. Um, to, to learn to be a sailor, to learn to be a sailor means that you learn how to take the tough stuff. You can take it on the chin and still stand and deliver, so to speak. I mean, the the idea of the soul um, plunging, if you will, into separation and darkness and struggle and lack, et cetera, et cetera. We choose that at some level for our experience, but the collective seems to be moving back up out of the darkness and reconstituting ourselves as the, the divine expression as we are souls. So if we, uh, it's, it's kind of a metaphorical question. I mean, we're trying, we're quote, trying to get to heaven on earth, so to speak. And, and perhaps that's the calm sea, but yet as souls, we've been through the ringer incarnating on the planet. 
how do we take these uh, these um, life paths that have made us tough, that has made us strong and resilient, and yet still come out soft and open and compassionate? As because as I see it, 2020 took a took a I can't make a word big enough a, a humongous um, chunk out of the collective narrative. Our normal, our quote normal unquote is gone, and so we have an opportunity to create a new normal, and and to daydream what that is. We become the vehicle. We become the seed in the collective of what the new normal could be. And, and that's the whole idea behind the new human dynamic. Neva, I'd like to ask you, if you were to daydream an idea of what the world looked like with not, without any attachment of what it has been, if you could just daydream anything you'd want the world to be, what are some of the attributes that um, you would like to see in in our new dynamic? I love that question so much because this is something I think about a lot. Um, my podcast is all about changing the world. And honestly, I think it would be really cool to see a world where everybody, no matter what they look like, how they identify, who they love, all of it, where everybody feels free to be who they are and everybody is accepted and everybody is accepting towards others. And so we can just all play together in the yumminess of love. Very nice. I like that. It, the, the, it, I, the vision of everyone holding hands, so to speak, encompassing the world came to mind with that. I like that. Well, uh, Tony and Justin, this question's for you. Yeah, you guys started the Superpower Expert, the Superpower Network. Superpower, superpower. How? What attributes would you fold into the new human dynamic? What does the healthy masculine, the healthy feminine personify when it comes to the the superpower personification of of source, so to speak. Ooh. Ooh. Well, I'll go. I'll 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 take the start on this one. For me, it's um, it's what I envision is is a world where um, we can find ourselves in each other. And that we go to that place first, rather than um, rather rather than divisiveness, rather than separation, and and to whenever we see something in the reflection, in the projection in the world, that recognizing that it, it says nothing about anything other than how do we respond to it, how do we react to it, what do we feel. What do we think it says about ourselves? And to go internal and reflect and recognize that the world can only reflect back to you what you believe to be true about yourself. And coming into this awareness space of recognizing that we have to get all of that in order 
we have to understand our emotions, we have to understand our programs so we can so we can manage them in such a way that we have dominion over our lives down to the smallest finite finite detail so we don't create chaos so we don't create war so we don't create the things that that keep us separate very nice tonio what would you add to that that was beautiful really well said I, I the only component i can think to add is that the, the superpower body of work is really what helped us identify and this has been decades in the making and it rests on top of what we call the cifa method which is about creative energy field activation essentially it's assisting us in acknowledging and and understanding better the subtle spaces in between all of us what the energetics do the fact that how we energetically express on the mental, emotional, cellular, and vibrational level is, dictates what our experience can be. The reason why the superpowers kind of dialogue is because it gives us an opportunity to um, look at what are the things that we can do above and beyond what we typically think of as normal. Right, and, and, and underlying that are these vibrational energetics that really do drive us in our subconscious programs as well as influence from others um, and the world at large. When we are willing to sort of supersede the obvious and look into the less obvious, it's where we really start to understand each other. The, the issues between us aren't in the single individual. They're almost always in the spaces in between. And because... People are difficult and messy and multifaceted and multidimensional and all of these other things. Um, most people don't want to look too hard at it, including at themselves. <laughs> However, when we got definitive proof that everybody wants to experience more authentic love and everybody is, is sitting there scratching their head saying, yeah, but how do we do it? And nobody else is ready. and Nobody's going to do it. But everybody wants the same thing, and we do actually know how to do it. We know how to be nice to each other. We know how to organize around values. We, know, we do know how to do this. They do it in kindergarten classes. And so it's not, it's not that we don't know how to do it, and it's not that we don't want it. So what is it? And the reason why it's so confounding to people is that it's not obvious until you're able to understand the transenergetic nature of our exchanges. And once you can and see it, it's so completely obvious you you can't you don't you have trouble understanding or remembering how you didn't remember it before and so so that sounds like a twisted kind of circular logic argument however what we're talking about is vantage points and so the 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 way that the superpowers clicks into that is first being willing to even entertain the idea that we might just be more than what we think we are and superpowers allows for that dialogue to open up again we've been asking since 2016 hundreds and well thousands of guests at this point in time on the superpower network what are your superpowers and that creates a normalization it 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 starts to plant the seed that wait maybe i do have superpowers maybe that is possible wait what if that's possible wait what if i'm more than i thought i was what if the world could be more than we thought it could what if, what if, what if? And every time we dream into that space, as you're, you so brilliantly phrase it, it creates the potential for that space to actualize. 
and so so that's really the secret of it is the the very question of is it possible that superpowers are real creates the potential that it is and that that they are and that we can be so much more than than we accept essentially we're we're much more than the programs that govern the creatures that we are we're more than the programs that govern the creatures that we are i like that you know i'm no sproctologist but uh i'm thinking the the rank and file human being on this planet is operating at like less than one percent of their potential um in our in our mythology we have jesus i mean that guy was off the rails you know raising the dead walking on water creating out of thin air when um when you look at the family structure that's hinged around love this question is for neva love your parents love you and you're this this ball of potential sometimes our egos can get in the way and say but i don't wanna i don't wanna do that i don't wanna it neva would you say there's a time where your parents love says yeah well no um in, in other words Sometimes our egos are scared to step into our own power. How do you see the parent's role in maybe even pushing or nudging or kicking or dragging you into a more authentic um, idea of yourself? Does that make sense? Yeah, it does make sense. Um, I can sometimes be very stubborn. And both my parents are probably shaking their head yes right now. Um, Did you get it from them? And it's a secret. Um, But I think that (laughs) I think that there's certain moments, especially when it comes to like energetically up leveling, that sometimes the ego for anybody wants to get in the way and say, "Well, no, I don't want to do this, or I want to stay here. It's too much work, or it's scary, or whatever." Um, And so. Speaking personally, I think that my parents do a pretty good job of telling me, like, no, you should go in the other direction that you, like, the opposite direction of what your ego is telling you right now. Um, And sometimes that does mean energetically dragging and kicking and screaming, but eventually I catch on. Um, And I think we kind of do that for each other in a sense, but they're both really good at kind of showing me perhaps a new way of looking at things when my ego wants to be stubborn. Nice. Nice. I like that. Well, uh, Justin and Tonya, how do you how do you guys introduce introduce new aspects of yourself? Like uh I I like to say my age is none of my business and when I ask my soul, okay, you know, what's what's next on this journey of life it pulls some, pulls out some really big ass ideas for me. Do you do you two <laughs> do you two as a couple 
see inspiration show up in the other and the other is hesitant or, you know, because like we've been talking, a lot of times the ego is the, the parking brake, so to speak, to change. Do you notice in each other uh, kind of an impulse to do something and and see the other partner resisting? <laughs> That's a fantastic question. In fact, we talk about it a lot in the couples <laughs> program. <laughs> because we're really well-versed in this particular dynamic. I, 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 we call it kind of the push-pull mechanism. It's what we have found through observation and through really being in the experience of being a couple, right? Like this isn't just a pastime, right? We are in the experience of understanding what it is that we're doing together and how we're doing it. And um, and so in that process, what what we've discovered is that it's quite fascinating what occurs. It's like, yes, it's the ego, and yes, it's this. And, and and sometimes it's easy to think, oh, well, this person's usually one. I think in our family dynamic, usually I'm kind of touted as, as the one kind of leading in the visionary kind of space and, and maybe with, with Justin sort of doing more of the convergence to my divergence. And, and certainly there, we can make all kinds of stories and narratives around that. However, I think what's closer to the truth is that what happens in that relationship dynamic is there is a natural, if there's a push, there's a pull. And I've watched us, I kid you not, on a particular matter that I'm like, I'm kind of on this side and really clearly seeing this perspective and Justin's on another side really clearly seeing that perspective. And I kid you not, in the next week, sometimes now it's like moments later or days, like we'll flip. And, and I find myself saying his exact <laughs> words that I totally didn't agree with at that time. And, and I started looking at this going, okay, okay, stop. Like it cannot be about the topic we're talking about. We must be looking at something different. And so we were able to start looking at the energetics that come into it and, and and when you do, you 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 really get a clear picture of, we're mostly just our reactions to impulses. And right. so, if you, you know, if you can kind of cut yourself some slack and laugh about it a little bit, you see like, okay, we're, you know, we're kind of puppets in this to the energetics until we're able to sync up, connect within ourselves, and then connect in with each other. And then the shenanigans kind of go to a dull <laughs> roar, right? And we can really create together. So we're super good at creating. We, we, use our, we, we often find that, that time in the hot tub. So we, we use the hot tub as kind of like a time to reconnect and dispel. The water's fantastic for that. And we hold it as a sacred space where we can talk and, and, and work through things. And so it's a really fantastic spot for that. It's, I, I highly encourage that for any family, couple, anybody who, who wants to work with these dynamics is, is create those spaces and those agreements so you can say things like, hey, hey look, like I don't, I'm not feeling like we're in sync here. Can can we take a pause and and do that, right? So so it's it's it, it's a way of um when you, when you're willing to look at those specific dynamics as opposed to like oh it's Tonya or it's Justin. Like as the relationship entity develops over time, I I contend it's impossible to clearly see the other person anymore, because what what I think is happening is you're actually seeing the reflection from the relationship container, the relationship container starts to take on its own identity, its own energy, its own, its own being. And it, it was, it was developed when you programmed it with older programs, right? Like all the stuff you brought into it when you came together, 
is in there. And so the process that we each go through individually, we go through in every relationship container that we're committed to evolving. And when you can understand the similarities of those, those dynamics, it gets really difficult to start saying, oh, well, Justin's always this way or Tonya's always this way because in the next breath, Tonya's that way and Justin's this way. And so it's like, okay, you know, squash that now. We're actually dealing with energetics at this point. And then, as I said before, things really do make a lot more sense there. Right. Yeah, and let's, and let's, let's just be honest here. Uh, I've been the uh, first case study for all things superpowers and everything that we teach, train, live, and practice in our life came from our own experiences and all of it. I mean, is there a a glass thing you stand in, or no? I'm kidding. (laughs) I don't know. They probably feel that way. I I gave a talk the other day, and I was like, you know, I'm a social scientist. I mean, we all are. And and Justin and Eva have been very, very uh, uh, willing, willing, uh, and and very generous in their time (laughs) dedicated to my studies. (laughs) You know, I know that it's a remarkable journey. I have this image of being in a petri dish and looking up and seeing some <laughs> giant eyeball looking at me through a lens. That's <laughs> uh, probably um, how they feel. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, okay. Well, um, so for myself, I had an elephant in the room, so to speak, uh, that I was not consciously aware of. Um, I got cracked open when I was 35, and before that, I had no clue that I had an ocean of anger in my psyche. I had no idea that anger was deciding the vast majority of my day. And then I get cracked open like a bug hitting the windshield, and uh, the elephant in the room is revealed. So, uh, Tonya and Justin... um, if you were to imagine uh, the Earth, if we fast forward 5,000, 50,000, 100,000 years, and now we're all the flip enlightened and we're all peace and love and joy, what aspects in the collective consciousness do you think have not come into a conscious space that will help transform the human dynamic? Babe, you want to take that one? <laughs> There's the well, I, I, only, yeah, I, only, yeah. I only I only say that because this is this is very much her space and her element, her ability to vision forward and be in the, if, be in it at the same time is is remarkable. And the work that she's doing with corporations, nonprofits, uh, and other organizations who are looking to find ways of getting people to commune together in, in the space of race, in the space of team building, in the space of just the fact that we still carry this collective belief that we're all somehow separate from one another right. is, is, is crazy. And, and, I, and this, this, is, this is truly where, where Tonya excels, where, where most people stop. Tonya goes far, far beyond, and it's not just – kumbaya holding hands and, and we're all getting along because I know for some people that's, that's a challenge but really the space of 
what does it actually look like when is is really Tonya's gift to the world. So, Tonya. That was beautifully said. Um, And thank you, love, for that reflection. Uh, I think you kind of answered it. When when we started off looking at how to do business differently, how to do family differently, how to do marriage differently, right, it was – it was from the perspective of that, that question you asked Neva, like wh- what what do we want the world to look like, right? If, if people aren't happy, which is really apparent by how we communicate, right? Like, like we're not communicating happiness essentially it, it predominantly. And so if we're not totally pleased with what's going on in our existence, then, then shouldn't we be changing it? And if we're trying to change it and it's not working, then shouldn't we try other things? You know, it, 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 it really becomes this kind of quandary of like, what if, if we want it and, and enough people know how to accomplish it, why aren't we doing it? And I think the answer is what Justin said, which is at the heart of it, we have a belief and, and, and ultimately a deep-rooted fear that we are separate, that we are individual, and that really that we are simply these bodies, right? And so in order to envision... A, a, a new world, a, a new human existence where um, the humans are coming online and now many of us are very interested in how to bring the collective online so that the world can shift into something new or, or, or where it's going. And in order to do that, the, the conversation actually lies at the heart of our deepest fear, which is, which is who are we, right, and what are we doing here? Uh, and we make lots of jokes about, well, what's the meaning of life? Ha, ha, ha. But at the heart of it, we're kind of wondering, like, what what are we doing here? Like, what is the purpose? And and I think that that's what really came forward during the pandemic was we got to see where we're not real clear on what the goal is. And, and what we found was that different people are holding different goals, and they're contradictory. And then we found that we actually hold different goals inside of ourselves that are contradictory, right? And so it's the right. it's the as outside the same as within. And and so I think this, the answer is the same whether we're talking about the individual journey into wholeness or we're talking about the collective journey into wholeness. What I'm seeing right now is the more of us who can adopt a it's it's all of us or none of us kind of kind of positioning of the fact that you literally cannot continue on your own personal development path unless at some point you start to see yourself reflected in not just everyone but in everything you see. That is a part of the journey. That is how we understand source. To think that we can hold ourselves apart or that we can continue to be irritated or angry or hold grudges or to blame or any of that, anybody else says that we are not comfortable stepping into our own wholeness. When we aren't willing to step into our wholeness, we probably should not expect for much to change and for the world to to get magically better. I, I do not. I, I see those things as being completely synchronistic, synergistic, and um, and 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 in the same conversation. And, and on a lot of levels, I think it allows us a chance to dream even bigger, because it, it, it's the one thing that's going to keep us from. Or it's the one thing that will allow us to move it out of the personal. Um, and, and when we do that, we can start to engage in that energetic space like we discussed and bring forward the world that already exists. It's just a matter of being able to actualize it together. And that's a co-creative process. 
Very nice. It made me think of, I think it was Gandhi that said, uh, if you can't see God in the next face that you meet, you ha- there's no need to go any further. In other words, every personification is the expression of source. Well, uh, we've got just a few minutes left. Uh, so, Neva, I have a question for you. In your family dynamic, you're seeing this 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 crucible, this melting pot, so to speak, of of the human experience, and then you you interact with society. So, at at your age group, um, what what things do you notice? I don't know if you uh, what your school environment's like or whatever. If you go to public or private, for example, what what do you see out in society? Not in the family dynamic, but out in society that could uh, be improved. In other words, like say you go to public school. Um, there's no conversation about um, love, or there's, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but from your the vantage point of your age, what kind of changes would you recommend for um, your experience in our cu- culture overall? That's a good question. Um, so I've been homeschooled like my entire life. Um, it's, next semester actually that I'll be going to like a in-person school um so the main exposure I get to people my age is by going to a church um nearby us and one of the main things I see is well honestly what you just mentioned is conversation of love and accepting people for who they are um mainly because, and I've talked about it a lot because of the environment that I've seen them, like, kind of, and I've grown up in there. Um, I think with overall people my age and stuff, I think is a real opportunity for what I was talking about, like, reimagining a new world and stuff, is an opportunity for everybody to come closer into oneness with each other and kind of look at somebody else from a new perspective, not immediately going to judgment. That's what I'm saying. Nice. I like that. Well, now, here we are. An hour can fly by pretty fast. Um, what a what a powerful episode. I, I love the, the new human archetype, if you will. Um, Justin, I'm going to put you on the spot. Well, I'm going to ask for uh, just closing thoughts from each one of you. But, Justin, if you could also embellish on everyone's um, podcast, webpage, anything we need to know about the platform so the our guests know how to connect with you guys. I'd like to hear closing thoughts from each one of you. And why don't you start, Justin, please? Absolutely. Well, uh, people can go find us at superpowerexperts.com. We have our family show on there, Reclamation. Uh, Tonya does her show, Science and Superpowers. I have a business show called Incorporating Superpowers. Neva has her show, Leave it to Neva. And then Tony and I do a couple show called The Apple Flavored Pomegranate. You can all find that at the uh, 
on the podcast page at superpowerexperts.com. And people want to come interact with us and taste their own superpowers and a taste of their own superpowers. Uh, we do regular events at superpowerexperts.com. You can register for it. The event is Come Experience Your Superpowers. So if people want to come join us there, uh, we'd love to have them there. And, and my closing thoughts are, are just this. When, whenever, if, we could, if I could wish one thing upon the world, it would be to pause before responding to make sure you understand what emotions you have in your system before responding, feeling the emotion, but not becoming the emotion, because it's the emotion that creates the chaos in the world and what allows us as humans to be controlled and dominated by others who are telling the narrative that is just not true and that we can, we, we have choice in what story we want to believe in, what, what culture and what society and what world we want to create. And it all comes from that level of awareness down to the smallest, smallest detail of what we're feeling and pausing before we respond and create. Very nice. I like that. Tonya, what are your closing thoughts? Mm, beautiful. Thank you for that question. I, regardless of um, how you get there, right, a lot, it's, it's worth the journey. Uh, a lot of times we get feedback that says that, you know, what we say sounds too good to be true or, um, or it's just, you know, we're just too far out there. It's not attainable by other people. And I think one of the things that the superpowers body work has taught us is that if it's possible for one of us, it's possible for all of us. And you mentioned a very brilliant teacher um, who also said, even greater things than these you also shall do, right? And so while we honor all paths to the creator, and um, and it's worth looking at those who have walked those paths um, to, to see that it is, in fact, possible. And everyone who gets there will say, not only is it possible, but you're already there. Um, and, and, and if enough of us continue to say that, then, then I think that um, I think we're, we're going to get somewhere with that. Nice. Very nice. Well, Neva, you started off this episode. Do you want to finish it with your closing thoughts? Absolutely. So my closing thoughts are one, thank you so much for this opportunity for us to come on your show. It's been a lot of fun. And also I think just for everybody out there listening, um, I encourage you to see that there is always a different way of doing things and that we can always come from love first, even if it's scary. And you have an, I mean, you have me, even though I don't know you, I might be a complete stranger, but I love you for who you are. So we're loved, everybody out there listening, and we can always come from love first. And I think that is how we will come to a world where it doesn't even need to be a conversation. Very nice. Very nice. Well, I want to thank you all. We've been talking with the New Human Living family, uh, Justin, Tonya, and Neva Rekla. What a fun episode. What a fun episode. Um, (laughs) 
I want to just talk just for a second about the collective consciousness, the collective dogma that we see playing out when when we turn on the the media box or or get on social media. The collective consciousness is not out there. You can't point in some direction or vector. It's not stored in a big building. Um, that the collective consciousness isn't a, a physical realm experience. The collective consciousness that when you're karmically a, attached to the collective and the collective goes into a tempest, it's like riding a roller coaster um, and, and you're, um, you have no say, you have no sway in what's happening with the collective. But that's, that's not the case. The way, from my perspective, my two bits worth, the collective consciousness is the canvas within your own persona. And what do I mean by that? So you can have um, fear or anger or resentment or bias or bigotry or whatever towards a, any attribute of humanity. And the way you're experiencing that is within your own consciousness. And that is your relationship with the collective narrative, the collective consciousness. The collective consciousness does not exist out there. It's a, we each have our own portal, if you will, a canvas or a screen within our own consciousness. And that's how we experience the collective. That, that metaphorical screen in your own consciousness is as real as the collective will get anywhere. So how do you, how do you help heal the, the narrative of humanity? Clean up your screen. Learn to look with compassionate eyes at the behavior of others. Look at your own emotional attachment, posturing, judgments towards your experience, your, your portal, your screen of how you see the collective consciousness. Clean up your house and everybody does likewise, and that's how the collective changes. What a curious time to be alive. I want to give uh, um, I want to thank once again three beautiful people we've had as our guests tonight, Tonya, Justin, and Neva. Um, there's there's such delightful guests. They they uh, they show up in such an authentic way, and you can tell they really come from a from a heart space, and that always makes for a powerful episode. I want to thank you, the listener. Here you are at the end of the episode. You've shown up for yourself. I applaud that. I appreciate you. It is my pleasure to to create this platform, this vehicle of opportunity for you that you may come to better understand who you are as a power personification of divine consciousness. I'm your host, Celeste Jensen. Always a pleasure. Until next time, thanks for listening.
This has been a New Human Living Radio broadcast to bring your soul's inspiration into effect and live your life wide open. Check out our host, Les Jensen's book, Citizen King, The New Age of Power, at newhumanliving.com. Thanks for listening.